0: Tonight, I break down New England Patriots training camp days one one through three, way too early reactions. Is Mac Jones going to take the year two leap or has he already hit his ceiling? Then we break down the Kyler Murray contract clause situation. Just how unfair is, is it to expect a $230 million quarterback to do their homework? Very unfair. And finally, Charles Barkley will not join the Live Golf Tour and will stay with TNT. This is Breaking Brad. Welcome to Breaking Brad. uh, Here on this Friday, July 29th, we are cooking up some hot takes for you this evening. And we're gonna start today talking about the New England Patriots. Uh, because this, I am a Boston fan and I like to talk about my teams. Um, we can start here uh, with this article on breakingbrad.substack.com. Uh, please go over and subscribe. Uh, trying to put out content as much as I can. Um, this is a post that I put up a couple of days ago um, after day one of training camp, and a lot of the themes are the same. We're three days into training camp right now. Um, some bold predictions here um, but i think this one is pretty obvious matt patricia is going to become the de facto offensive coordinator now we know bill belichick does not like labels he is not a labels guy he's hesitant to name an offensive coordinator unless they are already well established like josh mcdaniels Um, but it's no secret that matt patricia has been working with the offense ever since he got fired by the detroit lions he returned back to new england and He was a defensive heavy guy, was a former defensive coordinator for the Pats. Well, now he's been working with the offense. He worked as an assistant last year. Um, Just last week, he was named as the offensive line coach. And he seems to be the one that's calling the plays at training camp. Um, So I don't know what to expect there. Um, He he could be a great offensive coordinator. He may not be, but we'll see. What will this mean for the offensive line? That is a big question. Um, Assistant Billy Yates is kind of the number two um, offensive line coach. And uh, Matt Patricia's not spending a lot of time with the O-line. He's spending a lot of time with the offense. And something else that's very interesting that's coming to training camp, and this is something that Malcolm Butler picked up. Um, Remember, he was with New England, had a, you know, obviously the Super Bowl heroics in 2014, did not end well when he was benched in the Super Bowl. In 2018 um, but he returned to the team after taking a year off and having some uh, mildly successful seasons in Tennessee uh, Malcolm Butler observed basically Bill Belichick is not working with the defense like he used to it he always used to be you know Josh McDaniels um, Bill O'Brien before him working with the offense and then Bill Belichick and the defensive uh, coaching staff mainly focused on the defense that is not the case this year um, which is kind of surprising considering the defense was the real issue against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but Bill Belichick working mostly with the offense is very unusual. Um, there were some rumors that he would be the play caller. It's going to be Ma- Patricia. Um, but a lot of moving parts a new coaching staff joe judge obviously is the qb's coach now in new england um he's another former head coach in the new york giants recently who got fired um so a lot of veteran coaching talent there for the patriots but um uh, coaches in unusual positions that they haven't been in the past uh so you know we'll probably see billy yates working a lot more with the o-line uh, Pat's really missed Dante Scarnecchia, though. I mean, he was a great O-line coach for so many years. Uh, But the O-line wasn't too bad last year. That said, they added Cole Strange, uh, rookie guard, who, from everything we've heard, has had a very strong uh, training camp. Uh, Devontae Parker seems to be the number one receiver, and um, I'm fully expecting him to have a breakout year. Um, He kind of fell back uh, to Waddle as the number two last season. Waddle was a rookie. And then they brought in Tyreek Hill, which bumped Parker down to three, meaning Bill Belichick saw the value trade for him because he wasn't going to get as many catches uh so patriots do not have the same receiving core as the miami dolphins that's for sure uh, but Devonte parker really has stood out um a lot of touchdown catches and practice um here's here's just some a taste of what's to come uh and you know what's really interesting here is the defense as well um Devontae parker is being treated as the number one receiver Um, in New England right now, and the number one cornerback, you know, Patriots lost JC Jackson this offseason, and I'll skip down here to number four, seems to be Terrence Mitchell, who came out of the Houston Texans, and a lot of people were expecting, all right, Malcolm Butler is going to be the number one uh, outside corner, um, opposite Jalen Mills, who's kind of, you know, a sure thing in that spot, in all likelihood, Uh, but it looks to be Terrence Mitchell. He looks to be the next man up there on the outside, which means Malcolm Butler jack jones who uh, was drafted in the fourth round um this year taking a back seat uh you know we don't know what to expect from malcolm butler i mean he he performed very well in tennessee basically on par with what he did in new england uh but you know we're gonna see i think we're gonna see a lot more uh zone defense too out of the patriots this year um which they've always been a zone hesitant team uh so we're, we're we're gonna see things get very interesting uh, to try to compensate for the lack of speed that they had there against Buffalo in the wildcard round last year. Um, scrolling back up here, I think Tyquan Thornton. Um, no one really knows what to expect with this guy. He set an NFL combine record um, with a 4 2 yard dash in March. Um, just incredible. We can watch the highlight here real quick. Uh, Tyquan, heck of a Heck of a speedy guy. He's about 6'3", 6'4", the same height as Devontae Parker, but he weighs 30 to 40 pounds less. So look for Thornton to put on a lot of muscle, hopefully, Um, in all likelihood in year two, similar to what Mac Jones did. Uh, But Thornton, very fast. The Patriots have not had a vertical threat in a very long time. Devontae Parker is a vertical threat, and he's shown that so far in training camp days one through three. And if they added two guys, if Thornton can actually contribute and force defenses to compensate, that is huge. That's going to spread everything out. It's going to open up Jacoby Myers. It's going to um, open up Kendrick Bourne. Hopefully, Nelson Aguilar bounces back. And uh, we all know what Hunter Henry did last year. Really fit in well at the tight end position. And hopefully... Um, you would expect more out of Jonu Smith. He's had a solid training camp thus far. Um, so it's gonna open up those guys a lot more if they had those two vertical threats. But it's also gonna help the running game too because basically defense said, all right, we're gonna stack the box here because we know the Pats don't have the receivers um, to attack us. So we're expecting the run. They're a run first team. And it's amazing how well, you know, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson did um, last year. You know, they got James White back from injury this year. Um, it's amazing how well they did considering teams knew they were going to run Um, so i think we're going to see more of a balanced attack from new england and defenses are going to have to compensate and last but not least i really do expect mac jones to take a leap in year two everyone is very impressed with the progress that he's made this offseason he's managed to change his diet um, just like tom brady putting nutrition first while also still managing to walk that fine line And promote hood ice cream so very good from him there and just looking at some you know i this clip doesn't really say anything but um looking at the way he's slinging the ball he seems to have a lot more velocity on it and that probably comes from just putting in reps and putting on muscle so um you know mac jones gonna be able to take a lot more hits in year two um i'm i'm hoping uh you know it's probably too early to put him in the mvp conversation like we did with joe burrow last year but. I think he can take that Joe Burrow type leap in year two. Um, And most importantly, though, I think the biggest leap for Mac Jones will be his role as a leader. You know, he was organizing workouts all offseason down um, in Florida, bringing in Kendrick Bourne, um, lots of the other receivers, Hunter Henry. And we're also seeing... Folks are noticing listening to Tom Curran, Phil Perry, um, do their, uh, analysis after training camp. There's a lot more emotion and intensity and coaching of his receivers from Mac Jones than we saw last year. Remember last year, Mac Jones didn't even have the job going in. Cam Newton started in all the preseason games, and Mac Jones really had to earn that starting spot, and it was very obvious he was the better quarterback when they cut Newton. But that he doesn't have to deal with that this year. Um, Mac Jones is coming in and, He knows he's the starter and he knows he has to be that leader and we all know he's smart. He's disciplined He works hard clearly worked on his body worked on his game this offseason I'm expecting a lot out of him. So what have we seen these first three days in training camp? Um, We saw two very strong uh, performances from the offense on Wednesday and today on Friday Uh, day two Thursday was very defensive heavy. Uh the Patriots actually went ten straight plays without completing a pass. Not a great look. Um they bounced back today and had a much better performance. Uh but the defense dominated day two. So it's good balance there. That's exactly what you want to see going into the season. However, at the end of day two, um Mac Jones hit Hunter Henry on a big pass. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a touchdown or not, uh but it forced the defense to end up doing the push ups at the end of the day, which is a um Patriots training camp practice tradition along with uh, running up that hill um, next to the uh, practice field by Gillette Stadium uh, but what we're really seeing is Devontae Parker is really the go-to guy on offense but we're seeing people uh, Mac Jones spread it out Hunter Henry doing what Hunter Henry does re- uh, best and Johnu Smith really stepping up, which is what is needed. The Patriots can go back to that two tight end combo that they had during um, Rob Gronkowski and he who shall not be named um, about a decade ago uh, between Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, along with, look, they don't have a lot of great receivers, but they have a lot of good, solid receivers, and we don't know what to expect from Tyquan Thornton, and Devontae Parker we know is a s- solid number one receiver right now for the Pats. So, look, we know they can run the ball. We know the Pats have a good offensive line. They drafted a guard in the first round. They're bringing back just about everyone. Um, uh, Ted Karras is gone, obviously, but uh, re- and, and Shaq Mason as well. Uh, but Patriots have a lot of depth at the O-line. Um, James White's back, Damian Harris, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. The running game is going to be solid. The O-line is going to be solid. Hopefully they're well coached uh, with, with um, Matt Patricia taking on the play calling duties but really watch the receivers and watch Mac Jones development here in year two I'm expecting a lot of great things for a team that supposedly did not have a good offseason they had a great offseason last year this year not so much um, but you know it's You never know what to expect in New England. Nobody expected the Pats to win it in 2001. And, you know, we all saw what happened when uh, Bledsoe went down and Brady took over. Not expecting that with Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi's had a little bit of struggles. He's the quarterback the Pats drafted through, I think, three interceptions today. Um, Mac Jones threw his first INT also on Friday on day three in training camp. Um, But, you know, we know Mac is a good decision maker with the football. Uh, moving on to this hilarious story that broke this week, uh, the NFL season is uh, the training camp is supposed to be a time where uh, fans are optimistic. The New York Jets—they had a good draft. This is finally the year they turn things around. No one's ever said that before. Uh, but Kyler Murray and. Arizona Cardinals fans are not having a good start to training camp um, Kyler Murray signed a 230 million dollar extension five-year 230 million dollar contract with the Arizona Cardinals um, Just uh, a couple of weeks ago But the contract Included a clause that required four hours of independent study for Kyler Murray during game weeks That's not four hours a day. That's four hours throughout the week where uh, Murray was required to to review team-provided material and not distract himself with things such as television, browsing the internet, or playing video games. That's a big ask, I gotta say, it's a big ask. Now for Kyler Murray, he was not happy about this, um, he, he met with the media, um, he, he feels like He has a reputation now as a QB that is lazy and uncommitted to his team. You know, we saw reports surface last season that he lacked a lot of commitment, particularly late in the year. After the Cardinals had a very good start, they were the best team in football for the first half of the season last year. Uh, but Murray was pissed about this. He says, I feel it's necessary, you know, with what's going on regarding me and the things that are said about me. To think that i can accomplish everything that i have accomplished in my career and not be a student of the game and not have that passion and not take this serious is disrespectful and it's almost a joke to me i'm flattered i want to say fl- i want to say flattered that you all think that at my size i can go out there and not prepare for the game and not take it serious it's disrespectful I feel like to my peers, to all the great athletes and great players that are in this league, this game is too hard. To play the position that I play in this league is too hard. And I could not agree with Kyler Murray more. He lacks all physical traits of a quarterback. There is no skill set there for Kyler Murray. Sure, he can throw a good football and he has world-class sprinter speed and constantly dodges defenders. But other than that, he has no physical gifts because he is 5'10" at you know still like three inches taller than doug flutie but uh, kyler murray uh obviously felt disrespected by this of course he signed this contract and did not speak out about this until it was leaked that this clause was included uh so really 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 funny that to sign their 230 million dollar quarterback the cardinals felt that it would be a requirement for murray to spend 48 minutes a day reviewing game material. You know, I I would think, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you're spending at least a couple of hours a day reviewing game film, but I guess that was too much of an ask for Kyler Murray. Um, he feels disrespected, not happy, and of course, um, this created a media firestorm all week. Um, so yesterday, uh, Ian Rapoport reported that the Cardinals released a statement announcing the removal of the requirement. So. Look, Kyler Murray, he can go back to playing his video games, and this really just shows a real lack of empathy from the Arizona Cardinals. They do not understand the kind of commitment it takes to be able to level up in Fallout 5. Um, And that really ultimately translates to the football field. As for Madden, basically the same thing. So really, honestly, Kyler Murray, continue to play your video games because all that's going to do is translate to success on the field. Don't worry about the playbook, we're not even talking about practice at this point. We're talking about studying that's like two or three levels below that. Um, really happy that Kyler Murray doesn't have to do this anymore because as we know, the less you study the playbook and the more you play video games, the better off you are. And look, you know, I know the Arizona Cardinals wanted to pr- protect their $230 million investment, but When has a 24 year old ever lacked discipline? If there's anything young people have today, it's grasping the concept of impulse control and delayed gratification. So good job there, Kyler Murray, really standing up for yourself and um, making sure that you do not have to commit the 48 minutes a day that the Arizona Cardinals ask for you to uh, study the playbook. Uh, Moving on, Charles Barkley. um, We've been hearing all week that. He was thinking of leaving TNT to sign a contract with Live Golf, um, but it was reported on Friday that Barkley will stay uh, with TNT's Inside the NBA. Um, he, he participated in kind of a celebrity tournament uh, this week. I think Donald Trump and Clay Travis were there. There were a few other uh, celebrities that participated, in, including Charles Barkley. And, uh, you know, Barkley, Barkley, uh, I think he made the right decision here. You know, if you're... If you're a former basketball player, and he—he he, look. Sometimes the takes from Shaq, Chuck, and Kenny are annoying and totally strange, but they are hilarious, and it is an entertaining show. And Barkley is a former NBA player, and if you've ever seen his golf swing, you know he should not be doing golf commentary. So this was ultimately the right decision, even though Live Golf likely uh, could have paid him a lot more money. Um, but w- what we're seeing with the Live Tour is. Pretty incredible with some of these players. Um, basically, th- if you haven't heard much about the Live Tour, um, this is new um, golf uh, um, organization um, that's going to rival the PGA. They have a ton of Saudi royalty, elites out of Saudi Arabia, pouring money into it, and they're just. Picking away PGA players, and here's a list, I just googled uh, athletes, uh, golf players that are in the Live Tour so far. You have Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Muscles Brooks Kepka, Ian Poulter, Greg Norman, the list goes on and on and on. Chase Koepka, Patrick Reed, there's just so many great players that are moving over to the Live Tour, which basically bars them from participating in PGA competition, and obviously, a lot of people are pissed about this, not just because uh, it's it's uh, uh, you know leaving the PGA Tour and joining something new, but because of the Saudi Arabia connection. Um, Barkley was quoted today saying, um, I don't like those words, sports washing or blood money. I don't like those words at all because every country, including the United States, be careful there, have stuff going on that they need to improve upon. Um, so, look. I think the Saudi Arabia connection to the live tour is a little bit overhyped. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot of far more nefarious connections to professional sports. Um, we know what's going on with the NBA and with China, and you know, LeBron James not only refuses to speak about, you know, where the Nike shoes come from, who's making these shoes, um, if you speak out even against China, as Daryl Morey did a few years ago, LeBron will speak up on that, but he will not speak out against um, the atrocities taking place um, over there in uh, East Asia. Uh, and, you know, another thing, look, the World Cup's coming up. Take a, I'm not going to de- delve too deep into it, but take a look into who built the, uh, some of those World Cup stadiums in Q- Qatar, which is not exactly a, a soccer or football Dominated country, um, so I do think this live tour Saudi stuff is a little overhyped. Um, you know, Saudi Arabia is not what it used to be. You know, it, I wouldn't take ethical lessons from Saudi royalty. But um, you ever listen to, to rapper Zubi talk about Saudi Arabia? That's where he grew up. It it is not like people think it is. You know, it's different for women than it is men, obviously. Uh, but this idea that the Saudi Ara- the, these They're not going to be having lots of tournaments in Saudi Arabia. They're going to be having them all around the world. But this is going to be a real, real competitor to the PGA, especially because they're basically doubling the net worth of these golfers overnight. They're saying, all right, we're gonna give you tens of millions of dollars to join the Live Tour. And it's like, well, I spent my entire career making just that amount of money. Now I can double that by joining the Live Tour. It's a no brainer for a lot of players like Phil Mickelson. Um, As far as we know, Tiger Woods sticking to the PGA, which makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, he still shows up in spots. He still has a shot at winning majors and he's gonna have inferior competition now with all these players going over to the Live Tour. But I think ultimately, PGA is going to have to swallow their pride and figure out a way to partner or somehow merge with Live Golf. You know, the Masters, uh, the British Open, these are not PGA events, but they are enormous majors. The PGA lets golfers participate in those tournaments, obviously, because it brings in a ton of money. That's ultimately going to be the reason, the money why the pga is going to have to team up with live um, the question is is this something that's going to happen in a year or is this going to be something that happens in five to ten years when the live tour completely takes over uh, i could be wrong maybe live will die overnight maybe um, it'll be like all the different uh football leagues that have cropped up over the year. Although I'm not sure if you caught the USFL this year, very popular, um, higher ratings than Major League Soccer already um, in technically year two, but it's basically year one with them rebooting after COVID. Um, So last story, uh, and this just broke today, uh, Pac-12 commissioner is fairly bullish on an expanded college football playoff before 2025 obviously the college football 2022 season is about to start so that means we could see an expanded playoff um either next season or the year after which would be huge um and there doesn't seem to be many talks about how large that's going to be is it going to be an 18 playoff and you're just going to add an extra round right now there's four um Or is it going to be a 16 team, which is what I really would enjoy? I mean, there's so many of these minor conferences and these teams that go undefeated that do not have a chance um, to compete for a title. Um, You know, Boise State over the years comes to mind. Uh, It's going to be nice to see a lot of those teams be able to have a shot in an expanded playoff. Um, They're also talking about a 12-team playoff. Basically, the top four teams get a bye, and then there's... Um, the, eight te- the other eight teams play and then meet in the next round. Um, that's not a terrible idea. That way you're still rewarding the teams at the top of the list and in all likelihood the conference champions. Um, I, I think that'd be a great idea, uh, but the four, four teams is not enough. I, I strongly detest the bowl structure i always have it's just a bunch of random games that mean nothing that some corporation pours money into to get their name out there um the mainstay independence bowl the blue bonnet bowl people don't care about these things you can keep the bowl games which they basically done and insert them into the playoff games that's fine but bowl games mean nothing there's one champion and that's what matters and there's so many great college football teams there's so much movement around the conferences now usc and ucla uh, joining the big 10 which is just bizarre um texas uh, my new home state i'm uh, going to be joining the sec uh lots of movement around you're going to need a wider playoff um, to account for that uh, for these teams you know that are in the acc that don't have a lot of competition but are still very good you want a few of those teams in there uh so i am I'm, I'm hoping that this does happen um, I, I've always thought it's a matter of uh, when not if so hoping that that happens you know let me know in the comments below what your thoughts are on an expanded playoff do you think it should be eight teams do you think it should be 12 16 or do you are you happy with this structure or do you want to go back in time to the BCS system which made absolutely no sense whatsoever um, so anyways that's it for today's show again um, this is a new new thing that I'm doing I'm trying to do episodes twice a week um, Tuesdays and Fridays, um, please uh, click that subscribe button, that alert bell, um, doing doing these uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, like I said, and we'll be cutting each of these segments into clips um, the day after the show, um, but appreciate you tuning in.